New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. I'm Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky. It is so nice when we've had a guest on in the past. Hello, dear, who wrote a wonderful book and is back with another book. I'm talking about the lovely and talented Jennifer Noel Taylor. She was on our show in the past, Love Incorporated, the business of doing what you love. And now she's back, spiritual and broke, how to stop struggling with money and live your purpose. Love it, Jennifer. Welcome back. Oh, great. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's so nice to have you back. Spiritual and broke. Talk to us about that title. I really like it. Well, you know, one of the things I noticed is being in this community of people, a community of energy healers and and health practitioners, is that a lot of people are struggling with money. And um, and I too, you know, I too was struggling with money. I had a hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars of debt, and uh, thirty-five thousand of that was you know charged up on my, my credit card, and. Uh, I just started to, to question, you know, why are so many people who are doing what they love in the world, you know, struggling with money, and and why was I struggling? And uh, so I wrote a book about it because uh, I actually managed to turn that around. I, I paid off all my debt and uh, saved a bunch of money, and um, I thought I'd write a book about it. Well, how did you do that? Because there's so many people listening, I'm sure, who are like, oh, my gosh, my credit card debt. And then you get overwhelmed because then you're like, oh, my gosh, the interest. And then it's just this never ending spiral unless you can end it. So what steps did you take? So, um, yeah, so what I it was really about working with what was going on within me. I didn't actually mm-hmm. take a lot of uh, physical steps initially. Um, I had to change kind of my relationship with money. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I learned was that initially when I was in all that debt, I felt like a victim. I felt like a martyr for the cause. Mm-hmm. I felt that, you know, God didn't love me. I had all these kind of victim-y thoughts about it. And um, I realized that as long as I felt like a victim, as long as I felt like I was not empowered, it would never change. So um, in my book, I describe I had a huge wake-up call, which I realized that I was approaching my money as a victim. And once Mm -hmm. I started to get into the mindset of, nope, nope, wait a minute, I don't have to be the victim here. I'm not a victim. I'm empowered. I can turn this around no matter how bad it seems. That was actually the first step is is with changing my consciousness around it. Hmm. Yeah, the internal dialogue, which is very important. I mean, and for many people, when it comes to making money, it could be even old programs, right, that exist in our brain, kind of similar to what you're saying. Let's say there was a parent who had certain, you know, views on money or finances that we've adopted internally that we may not even be conscious about. Yeah, my my victim consciousness was like a background. It was just running in the background. I didn't even realize Mm -hmm. that I was playing that role. You know, I had learned victimhood, you know, from other people and from my my family. And and, uh, it's just, it was this background noise, you know, and I constantly had the thoughts of like, come on, God. Why aren't you helping me out? I'm losing my purpose. You know, where's the money? And that was a victim-y type thought. And um, once I started to really say, no, I got this. You know, I'm responsible for my money. I, I managed to do all this debt all by myself. Look at what I created. <laughs> Tons of debt. Awesome. Um, you know, once I realized, wow, I'm such a great creator. I created all this debt. I'm great at borrowing money. Fantastic. Let's turn that into, wow, look, I can pay this off as well. And once I started to take charge, you know, in, in, in any situation like that, just even that shift in perspective, it, it started to, 
to shift on its own almost. You know, I was reading uh, about your book and, and you asked this great question. Do you feel torn between following your heart and making a living? I think that's like the universal question. I mean, there's so many people I know that want to do something different, want to be an entrepreneur, want to start something new, but they're afraid and they have responsibilities and they have a family and they're not sure what to do. So what do you say to that? Well, here's the thing that I feel is really important. Um, so I had a job that I hated. I worked in software and I hated my job. I, I dreaded Monday. And, uh, and I was looking for a way out. Like I think a lot of people, but it was really secure. I had a steady paycheck. I had health insurance. I had potential stock options and it was super secure. So I was really afraid to leave my job. Now I did something I don't necessarily recommend, but I just left (laughs) without any kind of savings or security. Um, and it did work out in the end, but going back, what I recommend is, one of the ways that you can create some security is a savings account. So right now, if you have a job and, and you don't love it, start start saving money and have a few years of savings so that you have that security to, to move into something new. And also, I also recommend starting your new thing part-time. So using that as supplemental right, income until, yeah, um, and that's what I didn't do either. But looking back, um, <laughs> I would probably recommend going that route. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. That's great that it all worked, you know, worked out because it is nice to have some savings and people say, well, I don't make enough, but there, you know, I mean, that's where you have to budget. You got to write things down. You have to really look at what you're spending, be more conscious of what you're spending. And that comes into it as well. So how, so what did you end up doing? Cause I know you're into, tell us about the quantum uh, work that you do. So, so I believe debt is a reflection of our energy and our approach to life. Cause I believe like the universe runs off of energy. And mm-hmm. so what we're projecting into the universe, like our consciousness, our, our thoughts, our emotional energy, you know, our spiritual path, all of that that we're projecting out into the universe gets reflected back to us. So I know that's a little mm-hmm. bit out there, but that's my belief system. And sure. so we use that for healing because, you know, we, we talk about if you can shift the energy around your condition, that will facilitate the healing process. And so I thought, well, what if we apply that to money? So anyways, mm-hmm. that's, that's my approach um, overall. Um, so basically, you know, so debt is reflection of lack. It's a, a kind of a scarcity approach to life. And, and so really looking at shifting that first, because what I noticed um, is that creating a budget, if you're running a scarcity script, your, your budget doesn't work and because I tried cutting up my credit cards I tried the budget and because I was Mm. still running that script uh it it just failed from an energy perspective so we could deep dive into that if you want but there's a lot to that one (laughs) oh that's interesting so is it basically you know giving people tools mantras maybe give us an example of how let's say somebody who's listening who really needs help in terms of flipping that script what would be an example of something they could do Okay, so one of the things that I looked at was, um, first of all, realizing that if you're struggling with money, you you are responsible for all the money you're spending and all the money you're making. So if it's in balance, like you're spending more than you're making, um, looking at two areas, one is the spending, and then one is why you're not making money if you're not making very much money. Now, in my case, the first arena that I looked at was, was spending because I was spending more than I was making. And I'm like, why am I doing that? What is going on energetically? So one of the things that I really recommend is looking at your spending from a place of 
consciousness. Um, are you spending money on things that you love? Because here's what I noticed. Um, I had a lot of stuff in my life, and a lot of places I was putting my money that really didn't have much meaning for me. And I'll give you a, mm-hmm. a very tiny example. Um, you know, you're in the checkout line at Whole Foods right. or whatever, and there's People Magazine. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to get this and, and buy this. And, and I'm like, well, do I really love it? You know, is it something I really love? And the answer was no, <laughs> you know. So yeah. that was where I really took a look at my spending. It's like Mary, yeah. is it Mar- Mary, add up. Mary Kondo? It's a Maria Kondo, Mary Kondo. Like, oh, yes. Does this give you joy? Yeah. 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 Before you even buy it. It's true. Yeah. It's true before you even buy the Yeah, so it's like, you know, being that level of consciousness because I realized that even if you look in your closet or in my case I looked in my closet, I had lots of clothes in there and a lot of them I didn't even Mm -hmm. wear. So what was that about? So just examining that, like what is that really about? Right. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people feel like they need more things. I know I was going through my closet the other day and I thought, God, I didn't realize I had this many like nice dresses for like either professional occasions. I said, I don't do anything. I work from home. <laughs> I take my dogs to the woods. Like, You're like I never no, seriously. <laughs> but the thing is, I always find them like a really good sale, like an eighth of what they would be. I mean, they're lovely, but it's like why I should have just got one or two and you know, it, it, but it's a thing like it just we want these things. We feel like they're going to make us special or maybe as a kid, you weren't given a lot of time and attention, but you were given things or, or whatever it was. Right. There are we need to get to the core of what's going on. So we're not uh, not spending out of just habit. The other thing, too, is sometimes I feel like we don't know our worth. Right. I know I'm I'm terrible at that. I've always been terrible at that. Uh-huh. And I've always mm-hmm. taken less than like if someone, you know, you go to a job interview and they say, well, what you know, how much do you, you know, what'd you make your last job or, you know, whatever it is or what do you think you deserve? I'm always afraid to like say it. I don't know why. Even at my age, like I should know better. And, and I'm trying to work on that because it's a it's a problem. What do you say people in that a- situation? Oh, go ahead, Andrea. No, I was just going to say, I think that's a woman thing in general. I know a lot of females right. have that issue of feeling our worth and that's asking terrible. for, you know, whereas guys seem to feel like, I mean, just from what I've read is guys can go in and ask sure. it or their worth is a little bit more elevated than what it actually is. And it's interesting how the gender <laughs> role plays into it, right? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think self-worth affects spending and, and how you make money. And uh, that's another area that I talk a lot about in my book is how your self-worth can influence how much you're making, actually. But it can also influence your spending because I know for me, how many times have you felt shy about negotiation on on pricing or contracts or salary right. or all of this? You're like, well, okay, I don't, I don't want to rock the boat. You know, I know I'm exactly kind of here. Yeah, and um, you know, I even, I even did that. I found myself doing this even yesterday because yesterday I had, oh, really? I had booked an Airbnb. Yeah, it's really, really interesting how it still creeps in there. I had. I'd booked an Airbnb and I needed to cancel and, and I didn't get my full refund. You know, so I was, I was going to look, lose like $3,000. And part of wow. me, my old self said, ah, you just, you know, just walk away from it because you don't need to hassle, you know, calling and, and asking for your refund. That old script started to play in there. So I was on the verge of walking away from almost $3,000. Wow. The new part of me said, uh, what are you doing? You know, you just call them up and have a conversation, you know, and just tell them your situation and then apologize and say, so I ended up contacting the host and I said, you know, like, I'm really sorry. I had to cancel. Is there any way you can give me my full refund? And I got my full refund. 
and, and oh, having a very oh, nice that's conversation. Awesome. Yeah, okay. and it was just you know, and I wasn't. I had that battle even now, and I'm like, why? You know, so right. I think it interferes with both spending and and what we're making. Yeah, I think it does too. Well, that's great that you did that because that's a lot of money to walk away from. Yeah, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that's that was part of my habit. You know, it's just like too shy to negotiate. You know, too. Right. And I know other people who who have that. They just feel like disempowered somewhat. You know, around right. Let's say salary negotiation, or even let's say they got ripped off, and they and, and they they're too shy to say, "Look, I'm getting ripped off here." You know, that self worth just permeates, and so really working on that piece is something that I really worked hard on. That's oh, that's awesome! You know, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned that uh, you had your aha moment uh, in the back of a police car. Did I read that correctly? Correctly, you did correctly. Yes, I did. Ah, what happened? What was going on? Yeah, so it's a pretty, pretty gnarly story. Um, and it's pretty intense. Oh. Um, so yeah, so what happened is, uh, um, you know, some guy broke into my house and, uh, in the middle of the night and it turned into a robbery and a sexual assault. And so oh God, as part so of sorry. that, yeah, it was really gnarly. I mean, it was a wake up call. Oh. Um, yeah. And, uh, so, you know, as part of that, I had to go to the rape trauma center. So, you know, the, the officer stick you in the back of the police car, which is, you know, and it was mortifying to say the least. Yeah, oh um, they drive you there, they escort you there in the back of a police car, and I was mortified. As you know, I was sitting there like you know, never been there before, and and I was the quote unquote victim of the crime, and I'm taking a ride in this. Just I was mortified. And anyway, so I was I was pretty I was really traumatized from this, and I was just sitting there in a state of shock and not really paying attention, but. I got this message from the universe and the universe said, all right, you've got to pay attention right now. So I kind of perked up and over the radio, I heard one of the officers say, you know, we're now transporting the victim to the rape trauma center. Mm-hmm. And that was really like, I took that in. I'm like, they're calling me a victim. How did I get here? This is horrible. Like, I, just, how did I end up being a, being labeled as a victim in the back of a police car? This is like a nightmare. And I just had this thing about, I wanted to scream and say, I'm not a victim. I teach empowerment. I teach that we create our reality. I teach quantum touch. I teach energy healing. I'm a spiritual leader. And here I am being labeled a victim in the back of a police car. That juxtaposition just got to me. I'm like, it didn't, it didn't mm-hmm. match who I thought I was. Yeah. And, uh, I had this realization at the same time of like, wait a minute, I'm approaching a lot of my life as a victim. Even though I'm teaching mm. empowerment, even though I'm teaching we create our reality, I'm approaching my finances, I'm approaching my dating life, I'm approaching, I'm not practicing what I preach. And right. and that realization just struck me like, wow, I got to shift this. I got to get out of this victim thing. Like, you know, so that was a huge wake up call. And at that moment, I made that decision to say no more of this victim. And uh, that's when things started to shift. Well, I feel terrible that I said it in a lighthearted way, the back of a police car. I thought, I don't know, maybe you got in a fight or something. I don't know. I just didn't <laughs> yeah, imagine like, that this horrific thing happened to you. I'm so incredibly sorry. It, you know, it, 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 at the moment, it was horrific. It was eight years ago. and uh, But, yeah. you know, I, I have to say that it led me to a much better place. You know, and, and that's mm. one of my messages is that even in a worse thing in your life, like let's say your house is on fire, these horrible, horrible tragedy. Um, I believe that it works together ultimately for our greatest good. That we can we can take these and turn them into 
turning our life around to a better place. And that's one of my, mm-hmm. even though it's a horrific thing, that's one of my messages is saying, like, no matter how bad it is, uh, you you can turn it around and, and learn from it and get, you know, I'm much better off now than I was at that moment because of what mm-hmm. I learned. So even though it's horrific, I, I wanted sure. to leave it with a super positive message there. It's amazing how you got the message from the universe when you were in the car and you were told, you know, I guess whatever that message came to you to listen to what they were saying, to listen to the words, because you could have easily not paid attention at the same time, right? But you chose to pay attention. You chose to hear the message that was being given to you. And you took that and you took control and empowered yourself and turned things around, which is pretty incredible. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that we have the ability to really listen what the universe is telling us and and take that and, and say, all right, I'm going to use this as fuel to, to shift things in my life. It, it's such a it's such a positive, it's, the end result can be really positive. Well, you know what I love? I love that you have this combination of practical advice, right? Things you need to do, be more aware of your spending and, you know, don't just get stuff you don't need and all that, but also like mix with the spiritual side of things. And, and that's a really good combination. Don't you think, Andrea, you know, that you oh, have yeah, to do absolutely. both? Yeah, I, I had this weird experience because I before I really got my budget under control, I, I cut up my, my credit cards and I, and I tried to stick to a budget. And I had this weird thing about, you know, even if I cut back expenses, uh, my income started to go down. And then if I, like, uh, my income went up, my expenses would go up, like, sort of automatically. And I realized that not only do you have to do the practical side, uh, you have to shift your energy as well. So mm-hmm. that was another weird thing in my life was, like, my energy was still in the old trip. And I was trying, but until I actually got my energy aligned, it, it didn't help. So I thought that was really odd. But I've heard other people had the same issue. Would you say it's really a mindset? Like when you say shift your energy, is it a mindset? Like maybe to give somebody, give our listeners some practical advice around that in terms of changing that script. Is it looking in the mirror every morning and saying it to yourself until you believe it? Give us an example of something that you would recommend that people can do to actually flip that script. All right. Well, there's two things. Uh, one is these scripts are usually locked in with an emotion. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's this deep emotional resonance with it as well. So, if we're saying like we're a victim, it's usually accompanied by tears, crying, like, I mean, at least for me, like, you know, if I feel like, oh, God, the universe doesn't love me, I have no money, I'm like feeling hopeless, and you just melt into a pile of tears, right? There's the, emo- the accompanying emotion. So I feel like it's twofold. One is to really change your mindset and say, all right, that's just a script, like this tear-filled, victim-y thing. It's just an old script I've been running. It, it's locked into my heart with emotion. So catching yourself, catching yourself saying, all right, I'm, I'm doing this script. The other is, you know, sometimes it requires an emotional release process to say, all right, you know, it's, I'm going to release all the anger and all of the grief and, and, and all of this emotional energy that I have stored in my heart around this. So I think the process is an emotional release process as well as catching yourself when you go into your, your old your old patterns and scripts. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but this was very eye-opening and I hope that our listeners really, you know, felt that as well. And I'm sure they did. And so is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we go where they could, you know, find out more about you, where they could purchase your book? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, They can go to my website called uh, spiritualandbroke.com and I'm giving (laughs) away the first uh, three chapters uh, for free. 
so you can just see if you resonate with it and uh, awesome. sign up for a mailing list. Yeah, so please, you know, if you're interested, uh, spiritualandbroke.com. And is that uh, spiritual A and D or ampersand or how do they find that? Oh, sorry, spiritual and then A and D.com and broke.com. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. I just want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Barleen's, and their amazing ideal CBD hemp oil. If you haven't tried CBD hemp oil, I definitely recommend going to barleen's.com and uh, they have different strengths. They've got their extra strength, they've got their soft gels, and they've got their organic version. And I've used it. I use it all the time and I love it and uh, highly recommend CBD hemp oil if you haven't used it yet. I'm Andrea Donsky along with Lisa Davis and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Health Media Gal One and at Radio MD. Thanks for listening everyone. Stay well.